Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, and I am your host, Dia. In last week's episode, I brought up the topic of change. Why there is such a fear and unpleasant resistance around it, and also why change is essential and even beautiful. So this week, quite relevant to last week, I wanted to talk about this so-called thing, shadow work. You might have heard it or know a lot about it, or you might have heard it and have no clue what exactly it means. Like I was, or maybe this is the first time that you're hearing about it, and all of that is fine. I'm going to be breaking up this episode into four sections, starting with a little explanation on what is shadow or shadow work, why this work is so important, and then I will talk about the ways in which those shadow of ours might show up in our daily lives, and then I will share some of my own shadows that I've been trying to embrace and integrate. So that's pretty exciting. Because I think that shadow work could be confusing to understand at first. So I hope by me giving real life examples, it can help shed more light and give a more concrete understanding, so that we can all better spot the things that we keep in our shadow. And then, last but not least, I want to share some techniques and practices to help us integrate the shadow, so that we can lift those loads off our shoulders and take a giant step forward in embracing all of ourselves, and to living with more ease and flow, both internally and externally. I definitely want to give credit where credits due, and much of what I'll be sharing with you today, I have learned and read from the book written by Debbie Ford, titled "The Dark Side of Light Chasers." I don't necessarily agree with every single part of the book,、um, but then again, this book is more than ten years old, but it still definitely had a lot of insightful and helpful things for my own understanding of what shadow is and how to start the work. So, if after listening to this episode, you would like to dive a bit deeper, I will link her. Book in the blog post for this episode. So, what is shadow shadow work, and why is it so important? What does it mean to do the work? In her book *Dark Side of Light Chasers*, Debbie Ford describes shadow as the thing which contains dark or light aspects of ourselves that we believe are not acceptable. Whether that's to ourselves or anyone else, the shadow and everything that we keep there is generally stuffed pretty deep within our consciousness, and oftentimes in our even in our subconscious mind, and it contains all the quote unquote negative or positive aspects of us that we have tried to hide or to deny. And a disclaimer: I am just beginning to dive deep into this work myself, and I've already had a major light bulb moment go off. And I really, really love light bulb moments because they feel so tangible. You know, like you're taking a step forward or opening a brand new door. So the basic premise of doing shadow work, and I just want to add here that even though this work is so important, it still is just one path, a portion of our journey, but I believe a necessary part of the journey. So, doing shadow work would be to courageously look and examine all the qualities that we've hidden or repressed so deep in ourselves, as well as belief systems built by others and ourselves over time, to find those things in our shadow, lift the veil, to own and to embrace every single aspect of us. 
It is definitely a denser part of personal growth and self-care, and I will do my best to cover as much as I can without going too deep today. I don't want this to feel overwhelming. So why would we want to own every aspect of ourselves? Why is this so important? In Debbie's words, the shadows hold the clues and secrets and essence of who we are. They hold our most treasured gifts. By facing these aspects of ourselves, we become free to experience our glorious totality, the good and the bad, the dark and the light. It is by embracing all of who we are that we earn the freedom to choose what we do in this world. I would not really say what we do in this world, but more like how we do in this world, how we show up every single day, how we move through this lifetime. And in my own words, I believe that doing shadow work is a very intricate part that ties into all the warm and fuzzy spiritual ideas. This so-called shadow is directly tied to our contentment, joy, having fulfilling and loving relationships with the people in our lives, becoming a more compassionate person in this world. And also it opens the door to loving ourselves fully, thus able to attract and manifest more of what we really want. Doing the so-called work is important because all the light and love is just the decoration on the walls. The work rebuilds the core foundation of our house. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I love using the house metaphor. Positive affirmations are the band-aids that may or may not work. But ultimately, digging deep in this way heals us from the inside. If you're not too into my house metaphor, Debbie had one in her book I really liked. She wrote... We are told affirmations will make us okay, but as I tell people in my lectures, if we put ice cream on top of poop, after a few spoonful, we will taste the poop again. (laughs) It's such a beautiful imagery, and I think that we can really get a taste, pun intended, for what she meant. After all, if there is poop on the floor, (laughs) you can put ice cream on it, and it will taste great for a few seconds, but ultimately that poop is still underneath. So how might our shadows show up? Before I dive in, you have to first understand or at least sit with this concept I'm about to tell you for a little bit. If you're human, you have the capacity to hold and to possess any and all human quality, traits, behaviors, thoughts, etc. However great and however ugly or evil it has been deemed. Let's get to the extreme end for one second, because I know a lot of us think this way. Like, you want to argue for the other side, play the devil's advocate, I totally understand that. You can argue that you would never kill someone. That's not a quality you possess. Sure, you would not. But what if someone was trying to hurt you or someone you loved? Or have you ever felt so much anger or hatred for whatever reason towards an individual that you felt like you could really hurt them? I'm not here to say that we're all capable of being serial killers. I am using this very extreme example to ask us to all really keep an open mind. Because we've categorized so many human traits into the good category, bad category, acceptable, unacceptable, we like to think of ourselves nowadays only on a section of the spectrum of good and bad. But ask yourself, is it possible that as a human being, we must in some way be capable of all the beautiful and horrendous sides of humanity. 
And if you disagree, I would like to invite you to open a history book. So our shadows and the aspects of ourselves that we've hidden could show up in a number of ways, and a big one is projection. Sometimes we've hidden a part of ourselves so deeply and so well that we no longer can consciously even identify ourselves with that aspect, even though it still exists within us. So this can show up when we see this quality we deem so ugly and bad in another person. We will project our own shadow onto that person. For example, growing up, being lazy was a quality that everyone around me deemed very negative. So lazy equals bad has been embedded in my mind. And what do we do when we think something is bad? We try our best to not be that. And to be quite honest, I've lost count of how many times I've binge watched TV for ten hours straight. But if you had asked, I would not have said I was a lazy person. In fact, I would get very upset if you called me lazy because lazy is one of my shadow. Because I don't see myself being identified to this negative aspect, and furthermore, I don't want that to be a part of who I am, part of my identity. So when I'm around someone who likes to lay on the couch and scroll on their phone instead of cleaning the house or doing the dishes first, it really irritates me, because I am projecting my own shadow of lazy onto them. I may get upset, frustrated, or even dislike them because of this, this word, this quality. But when I looked deeper inside, I realized that I am indeed lazy too. The only difference is that I have tried so hard to distance myself from this word or this quality that I thought I no longer had it. Laziness might not be such a terrible word to you or to someone else. There certainly can be way more triggering words hiding in your shadow. Just all depending on our own situation, but you can see how our shadow can create conflict. I may dislike or even look down at people who I think are lazy because I think I don't have it or I am not it, but indeed I am, and I definitely can be. Once I acknowledged and embraced my own laziness, my lazy shadow, it felt like a giant block off my shoulders. And we will talk about a few ways to work on that in the section coming up. Now we can also project light shadows onto other people. So we have dark shadows and we have light shadows. Light shadows meaning qualities that are actually deemed positive by the general population that is within us, but we don't believe we possess. And remember, if you're human, you inherently possess. All human qualities, or very much have the capacity to own them. So, projecting our light shadows onto other people can show up as forms of envy, jealousy, or AKA just being a hater. It could also lead to disappointment, bitterness, etc. For example, if there's a fellow podcaster talking about similar topics that I'm interested in, and she appears to be influential, successful, enlightened, perhaps beautiful and grounded, if I have stuffed those qualities of myself deep in my shadow. Then I might actually think of her as conceited, fake, insincere, etc. So when I don't embrace my own light, that shadow can turn what is beautiful and already within me into a separateness, 
into envy, disdain, and just basically being a hater. A shadow can basically be any quality or trait that you have not acknowledged within yourself. And sometimes it goes beyond acknowledgement. We could even deny it so hard or remove ourselves so far from this trait or quality or word. And when this happens, these qualities or these words carry a lot of emotional energy in us. A good way to know if you haven't owned a shadow is when somebody calls you a certain word or says you're a certain way and it really triggers you. If it makes you want to jump to the defensive and get angry or start a fight or get really hurt about it, that's probably something that's in your shadow, part of your shadow. So here's one of my shadow. I already talked about lazy as one word that carried emotional energy, but you know, it's not a big one. A really big one for me is the word or the quality of selfish, selfishness. Ooh, how I hate selfish people. Or rather, they really get on my nerves, especially if they're close to me. So when I am around someone who comes across to me as selfish, I get pretty upset. And this leads us to another good reason why. So Debbie says in her book, the pain of our perceived flaws compel us to cover them up. When we deny certain aspects of ourselves, we overcompensate by becoming their opposite. And then we create entire personas to prove to ourselves and others that we are not that. So that hit home for me. I have had so much resistance to the word selfish that I have spent the majority of my adult life doing my best to be selfless. And I'll even go as far as to say that I've been self-sacrificing at times. So this generally shows up in my close relationships. I'm constantly checking in with my partner to see how they're doing. I'm worried about how they're feeling all the time. And if I love potatoes and they hate it, then I won't cook it. You get the idea. But now I've gotten better about that over the years. In fact, I will go as far as to say that I've been way better at being selfish. However, because for so long I resisted and denied that aspect of myself by being the exact opposite or tried my best, it still held so much emotional energy for me. Meaning, if you called me a selfish person, I am arms up, ready to fight and defend. Because I saw myself as a giving and selfless person only. But as I was doing the work, I said out loud, I am selfish, you know, just to try it on. And then I just kept repeating it. I am selfish. I am selfish. I am selfish. And I started to giggle at how hard I have punished other people for being this word when I am indeed selfish. Okay, so if you're thinking, well, now what? We've discovered we can be or we are a selfish person. What now? What's next? So let's jump into how we can begin to own and integrate our shadows. So here are some techniques for embracing and integrating our shadow. And we're not going too deep today. This is just some very basic ways you can start this practice or this work. Debbie Ford has different exercises at the end of each chapter in her book. And to be honest, I have not I have not done 100% of them, but I definitely will do all of them. 
But one of the ways to help us identify our shadow quality or words is to think of people that we really despise or that really gets on your nerves and write down their worst qualities or in what ways they upset you so much. Generally, these people can be our parents, um, our friends, our partners, or maybe just certain types of people that you see in the public that really irritate you. From there on, once you've gathered a list of words, so words of why they bother you, maybe it's loud or lazy or rude, anything. Once you've gathered those words, try them on for fun. So you can say I am and then followed by one of those words. So back to my example, mine was selfish. So I just kept repeating it. I am selfish. I am selfish. I am selfish. And you can do it in front of a mirror as well. Some words might be easier than others, but say it until it loses any emotional energy for you. You can check if it still carries any uh, sort of energy for you by imagining someone you love or respect calling you that word that you've chosen and see if it still triggers something inside. See if you want to resist it or defend yourself. So anyway, so then once that word that you chose becomes neutral, first, I would send some gentle lovingness to that quality and then ask in what ways has this quality been a gift to you? For me, immediately I knew being selfish has helped me set boundaries. It helped me to get great at saying no to things that don't interest me or I don't want to do. Being selfish helped me value myself and love myself in a whole different way. And as I embraced my selfish shadow, I acknowledge that I am also selfless because we don't have to only be on one end of the spectrum. I don't need to tell you how complicated it is to be a human being. So don't feel the need to just be one end of the spectrum all the time. We can most definitely be ugly and beautiful, selfish and selfless, smart and foolish, every human quality. I realize that so much conflict in my relationships have been structured and tied around this particular shadow. So I'll drop another quote here by Debbie. To be truly authentic persons, we have to allow the aspects of ourselves that we love and accept to coexist with all the aspects of ourselves that we judge and make wrong. It sounds kind of simple, but wait till you find your words, your trigger words, and you'll see that if it's buried deep, it will carry a lot of emotional baggage and energy and resistance. Some words might take a long time to own, while others might be a lot easier. I would also encourage you to try this with your light shadows as well. So instead of negative qualities, look for positive things you love in the people you admire and try them on. If there's any words you get stuck on or cannot own, write it down and come back to work on it another time. I know I definitely will have a fun time working through a very long list. And the funny thing is I noticed... I had a way longer positive trait list that I couldn't own, which says a lot about our world and society. We're told at a very young age to be humble and not be conceited and to be quiet about what we love about ourselves in case people might think we're vain. And all we do is focus so much of our energy on the things that we don't love about ourselves, our imperfections, quote unquote imperfections. But all of this does 
this rejection of what we love about ourselves is just making everybody tiptoe around each other. And it's not letting anybody stand in their fullness. There are many other ways to work through a shadow. There are many tools, books, resources, therapists that can help us dig deeper and navigate inner shadow. But to keep this podcast episode relatively short, I just wanted to share this beginner technique with you. However, as I continue to do my own work, and if you're listening and you want to learn more about doing your shadow work, because I get really excited about this, I am actually excited to dig deep, you know, and meet all of my shadows and talk to them one by one. I know it's going to be a long process, but I'm so excited to do this because with just the two words that I've embraced, I already feel like I'm moving so many steps forward. So anyway, if you're interested and you don't really want to read it or research it yourself, please, please feel free to email me or send me a DM on Instagram. Um, I would love to, I would be more than happy to do a part two of this episode and dive a little bit deeper in the future. So I see shadows as blocks and what we keep in the shadows are just these innocent words and qualities asking for our light. One of my thing is that I get personally offended really easily and often. And I truly believe that if I keep working on all the things that I've stuffed in my shadow, this will become less intense and less frequent. I mean, me getting personally offended by people, close or strangers. And I also believe that if we could truly embrace every aspects of our shadow, whether it's dark or light, it would truly open our hearts to find more compassion for other people and of course ourselves. Simply repeating affirmations like I am good enough, I am good enough, I am good enough could be a really wonderful and powerful tool, but most likely unless I actually own that part of me 100%, unless I truly and firmly embrace that I am good enough, I will bet there will be more obstacles and challenges coming my way, urging me to keep digging deeper. When we stop carrying all the emotional charges we have attached to all those words and qualities, we can begin to see these hidden and repressed traits as the gifts that they actually are. The universe has a funny way of showing up and offering us opportunities to practice and learn and grow. But sometimes I know the lessons are painful and exhausting. Most of the time, we might not even be aware that there was a lesson needed to learn. But if you've ever felt tired of fighting or running away, I know I tried my damn best to run away for the longest. (laughs) If you ever felt that, if you're just tired of all the resistance and things not flowing in your life with people, work, whatever, let's try to lean in deeper instead. Go inside. Once again, I am right along with you doing the work myself, succeeding sometimes and failing a lot of other times. And that is all okay. I know personally, sometimes when I'm really stressed, I'll ask whoever is nearest to me next to me and I'll be like, can you just tell me everything's okay or everything's going to be okay. So I am here to be that person for you. Everything is going to be okay. And it is all okay. And I want to leave with a couple more very powerful ideas that I gathered in the book. In order to authentically love ourselves, we have to embrace all of who we are, not just the dark, but the light as well. 
And learning to recognize our own talents allows us to appreciate and love everyone else's unique gifts. Very true. So I think that if we embrace our shadows, we can be more compassionate towards others and ourselves. And I think if we embrace our light shadows, we can all stop being haters and be jealous or envious of others' success or whatever qualities that you think you don't have, but you do. So last but not least, this beautiful quote by Charles Dubois. The important thing is to be able at any moment to sacrifice what you are for what you could become. And I just want to switch that quote a little bit about what you become because I truly feel like we're just remembering our authentic selves. So I will say it's not about becoming, but more of a homecoming. Thank you guys so much for listening. I would really, really appreciate it if you could support this podcast by sharing it with your friends, family, anyone that you think might appreciate or enjoy these topics. And if you have the time, a positive rating or review helps as well. Again, you can find us on social media, Facebook. There's a group called Pass Back to You. And on Instagram, it's going to be at paths underscore back to you. So that's P-A-T-H-S underscore back to you. Also, of course, shoot over an email if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions. And I will talk to you all in the next episode.